We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mike and popcorn ready, baby. That's kind of distracting. What are you talking about? Welcome to Get Your Popcorn Ready Podcast. It's your host, Hatch, with my guy, T.O. Yes, sir. We are in the building. First of all, I want to say happy holidays to all our fans out there. I want to say happy yes. Christmas and Merry New Year yes. to all the Get Your Popcorn Ready Podcast listeners. Absolutely. Hey, we got a special Christmas edition uh, this today. We're going to have Andre Reed from the Buffalo Bills 2014 inductee of the, of the NFL Hall of Fame, seven-time Pro Bowler, two-time second-team All-Pro. And mm-hmm. again, the, only, the, the biggest thing about Dre Reed right now, because it's 2020, I know he's got a crime family backing him. It's not the Gambino <laughs> family. It's not Lucky Luciano. He got the Bills Mafia back in this dude. So I'm all about Andre Reid coming on Get Your Popcorn Ready podcast. Absolutely. Shout out the Bills Mafia. Let's go. There it is. And don't forget to subscribe on the Himalaya app or wherever you get your podcast. No doubt. And if you want to see the video version of this, obviously this is the Christmas holidays. Please tune in. Subscribe, comment, like, share. Go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Terrell Owens. Coming up next, Andre Reed on Get Your Popcorn Ready Podcast. Welcome to Get Your Popcorn Ready. It's your host, Hatch, with my boy. Yep, yep. Your other host, T.O., is in the building. T.O. is in we the building. Hey, really? Hey, hey, we, we got, got, a we got, we got another, another Hall of Famer, NFL Hall of Famer, Andre Reed is in the building today. What up, hey, Dre? Yes, is, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Get Your Popcorn is, Ready. Um, it's going down, baby. It's going down. Hey, this is uh, this is back-to-back Hall of Famers, huh? I don't know. We, yeah. had about, we had about 10, so I don't know. No, you no. Know, Oh, yeah, you know, you know what? But Dre is the lightest of the Hall of Famers that we've had so far. That is right. Yeah, we had um, we had Randy Ooh. on, we had Randy on last week. Ooh, the hey. lightest, <laughs> the lightest. No, I'm sorry, oh, I meant man. to say brightest, like brightest, like your mind, bright, right? Hey, okay. Hey, this, hey I'm excited. Get your popcorn <laughs> ready. I see, I see you. You are well prepared today. You got your Buffalo Bills helmet back there. Let's go. Hall of Fame bus back there. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. You see that? Yeah. Hey, you ain't got one of these. I got a bus too. Hey, T.O., check that out. You got to get that right there. Oh, snap. Where you get that at, yo? Mine bobblehead too. Mine bobblehead. T, tell them to make you some, man. I got all these bobbleheads, bro. Oh, you know, I don't get down with the Hall of Fame like that. 
Hey, you know, that ain't making me nothing. Andre Reed, T is not allowed to call. They, the, uh, the Hall of Fame has blocked T.O. from calling up. Hey, hey, now look at my face. They ain't blocked me from nothing. Hey, look at my face. Right, exactly. Hey, there Andre, no. Hey, they ain't blocked T from nothing. There That's it right. They, hey, but there the funny it. thing about it is they can't block it. That's the bottom line. Already. So, yeah, I would like to welcome, of course, Andre Reed, seven-time uh, pro bowler, two-time second-team all-pro, 2014, went into the NFL Hall of Fame, wide receiver, uh, 16 years in the league. Of course, you started out 15 of those years in Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills. You spent one in, in Washington, but that really was uh, irrelevant yeah. at the time. Yeah, that, that, was, that, was a cu- that was a hot cup of coffee right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But to get 15 years in, I mean, of course, you know, nowadays we got this social media and everybody throws all these names out there. Somebody goes and has one good week or one good game and they're a Hall of Famer all of a sudden. But you, you put in the work, 16 years playing in Buffalo. How was it? Like, what was your, what was, sitting back looking at your whole career in the Hall of Fame now, give us a little, a little example of how you enjoyed your time. You know what? One thing about Buffalo, and T.O. knows this, he was here just for one year. Those are the best. Those those are great fans. Those fans love you. Absolutely. They love you regardless. Yeah, before you go in depth, before you go in depth, yes. Let me me elaborate on where you're about to go. Yeah. Hatch, you don't know this. But when when they say once a bill, always always a bill, a Buffalo Mm -hmm. bill, let me tell you something, bro. I ain't gonna tell no lie. I went back to Thurman Thomas's retirement. Was it three, four years ago? Um, yeah, about three, three, about three years ago. No lie. So they brought me in the PR department. Um, they brought me in, and they didn't. They didn't let the fans or anybody know that I was there. And so um, I got there, and they kind of just held me off or what have you. So I walked out onto the field, and they have something they call lead the charge. So this is, this is where they bring in former players or what have you. And then before the team comes out, they climb up this ladder and then they, they literally, they, they do something. They lead the charge or what have you and the players come out. So prior to that, I went out and the fans didn't know that I was there. When I tell you I had chills run through my body at the reception wow. that I had, I'm talking about, how many years you played there, um, Andre? Fifteen. 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 When I walked out, you would have thought, no lie, you would have thought I played there for 15 years. That's how much love and adulation that they have yeah. for their players. So yeah. with that being said, I just wanted to share that. For all the Buffalo Bills yeah. fans, I know that yeah. they're going to be watching, they're going to be listening to this. I appreciate the love. Orchard Park, Ralph Wilson Stadium. I got a chance to meet Ralph before he passed. Um, again, they welcomed me there. Like I said, I only went there for a year. I wish I could have extended another year or so, but they had other plans. But when I tell you, those fans are some of the most passionate fans that I've ever been around. And I played with a number. So you, uh, so you, you were there for one year. And right. Dre was there for 15. So they must treat Dre like he Jay-Z or something up in the building. Like he, like he walks on water. <laughs> Like he walks. Hey, is that how they treat you, Dre? Let me so, tell yeah, you, man. So go ahead. Every time I go up there, <laughs> it's it's the same feeling, but it's different. And I think one thing about that organization, the players that all the players that ever played there, and, and T kind of he just hit the nail on the head there. They embrace you not only for what you are as a football player, 
but they they become part of your family. They're like mm-hmm. they're like family oriented. I'm not saying other teams and other organizations don't have that kind of thing going on. Mm-hmm. But when you when you come off the plane, you step in Buffalo and you step in that stadium, it's a different feeling, man. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. it. It's a different feeling. Um, it's it's like like I said, it isn't like any other place, but somebody who played in Green Bay or somebody who played in those story, mm-hmm. you know, organizations in Lambeau Field and all that. They are there no matter what the weather is, mm. no matter what time it is. What? No, no matter what happened the day before, the day Preach. after, Preach. they are like that. And Bill's Mafia is out of control. Really? That's the heart. That's the heart and soul of the fans is Bill's Mafia. Bill's what's, Mafia. What's, what's the, what is the deal with the Bill's Mafia? I mean, do they come down from New York? Are they part of the Gambino family? Dude, I mean, they, what is this Bill's Mafia? I, I, you know, when I was there, there was no such thing as Bill's Mafia. And right. it's an organization. Now the Bill's organization have bought the rights to that name. Wow. That's cool. So that's how big it is. They bought the rights to it. So when you talk about fandom mm-hmm. and sports, Bill's Mafia is like in the top five. Absolutely. Right. And it's not how they embrace the fans, the, their, their fans. It's not how they embrace the team. It's what they do outside of the team. I mean, there's, there's Bill fans all over the country and the world, bro. I got, a, I got it on Instagram and on my social media. I get places like the Netherlands and Belgium. Well, Belgium's in the Netherlands. Uh, Germany, they're all over the place. They want me to come to games. Hey, man, fly to fly to Berlin, Germany, and watch a game with us. So wow. that's the Bills Mafia is yeah. a cult. It's a it cult, a bro. Cult. <laughs> that it is a cult, man, and that's the impact that they have on the sports stage. Mm-hmm. And, and T hit it on the nose again. It's not like that place, man. It's not like the place. Yeah, uh, when I t- when I tell you, and, and and Andre just like I said. Just reiterate it. Man, I, I'm telling you, I played in San Francisco, played in Philadelphia. Yeah, what about the I, Philly fans? I, I, I played in Dallas. And, and by all, trust me, by, by no means am I trying to undercut or undermine any of the fans that I play with. But when you talk about passionate fans between the Buffalo Bills and those Philadelphia Eagles fans, Eagles, bro, like, Eagles, and I probably, I probably, I probably can throw the Raiders in there too. Yeah, man, it's 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 neck and neck. It's hard to really put these and rank these 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 franchises as who are the most passionate yeah. fans ever. So again, you're talking do, about Bills, Mafia. One of these shows, we need to do that yeah. on one of these shows. And guess what? Hey, they're good. Those three teams, Buffalo, Philly, the Raiders, they're great travel teams. Mm-hmm. Their fans travel. If you could, if you could play, if they had a game on top of Mount Everest, they'd be one of those fans up there. They gonna be there. What? Oh, if, yeah. you, if they had a game in the bottom of the ocean, <laughs> they gonna be there. <laughs> they gonna be there, bro. Let me tell you something. I was I was at one of the probably like coldest games for me playing in Buffalo, bro. When I tell you there were people out there with no shirts on, yeah, man, no shirts, bro. Yeah, I was like, "Are you?" I'm talking. About, I'm in my uniform and I'm freezing. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying. I got hand warmers, hats. You know me. I, I don't like no cold <laughs> at all. I'm looking around and they in the stands. And you know what? That motivated me to just play to play harder because yeah. I'm, I'm looking in yeah. the stands. And I'm like, man, these guys are out here. To, 
rooting and cheering for me ain't got bro. It's like no clothes something on. below, and no, hey, hey, they hatch, have no clothes on. Hatch, even the women ain't got they got clothes on, but they <laughs> they they hardly they hardly got clothes on too. Right, they, they, they got they they got they They got they. You can't out. like he's like you said. You can't help but put a hundred percent into what you're doing when those fans right. are out there when they could be at home watching it, but they are there. Eight o'clock in the morning, those those Winnebagos are already in that in in the parking lots, and they already been there. Like back in the day during our Super Bowl years, it would be a Wednesday coming into the facility, and there's like twenty to thirty Winnebagos out there on a Wednesday, and the game ain't for four days. Right, right, right. exactly. So right. let's go, let's let's go there to the games and just yeah. like you said, just that fanfare and just the love and affection that the fans have. For the Buffalo Bills. So I know when yeah. I played there in 2010, I stayed literally right down the street from Orchard Park. And from when I was just, yeah. yeah, when game when game day uh, uh, arose, I would drive to the stadium, dude. And I'm talking about they they have to have police to direct traffic because it's so heavy with fans. And like I said, the stadium is literally it's in the middle of a city. It's middle of in the middle of Orchard Park. So right, right, just right. imagine all these fans and like I said, the, 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 the policemen, everybody, they're trying to navigate this traffic. So let's talk about uh, Andre Reed, some of the Super Bowls that you guys have played in. And obviously some heartbreak of some heartbreak yeah. of some Super Bowls uh, that you guys went through. And, and, and I think that's the love and the fact, the affection that the fans have, because you guys were on the cusp four times. Four times back to back to back to back, mm-hmm. and these fans, this what they this this is what these Buffalo Bill fans they they live for yeah. is to get a championship to Orchard Park. Give us an idea of of what those Super Bowls were like. Uh, I know you played in them, and 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 just how it was. I guess now that you've retired, what it's like, you know, knowing that you were part of four Super Bowls back to back yeah. to back to back and not being able to bring that trophy uh, home to Buffalo Bills. I mean, that that's really, you know, as an athlete, um, you work hard, uh, you know, for an outcome, uh, especially in football and in, in the NFL, is to to win a championship. That's really what it's all about. I mean, that if, if you're not out there to win a championship, um, you're kind of out there for the wrong reason. And I know with social media and all this other stuff going on, guys have different different avenues to get out there and do things. But when I came in the league, there was no social media. So it was football, when you, football, when you came football, out, football. When you came out the league, there was no social media. <laughs> I mean, when I came in the league, you're right. See, right yeah. not, and, 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 and guess also, what? And guess what? No the hits were worse too, The hits were worse too back then too. So, I agree, 100. Um, but one thing I, that, you know, T, the, the, the fans, um, it, like you said, it didn't matter. And you want to win a championship. And we went to them Super Bowls and four times in a row, which the Patriots had a chance to do that last year and, and the Titans beat them. It, that didn't happen. But one thing that really comes out of all that, yes, it was heartbreaking. Um, am I waiting in the mail for NFL, you know, for a Super Bowl ring to come in the mail? No. <laughs> but I wouldn't want to do it with any other 49 guys and those guys mm-hmm. for four years. Um, I wouldn't want to do it with anybody else because your football family is your family, your family that outside of football is family, mm-hmm. but you never forget your football family. 
just like you don't forget your own family. That's right. And to be with those guys all those years and what we built up to and how the organization was built during during those years and getting the right players, I wouldn't trade it for the world because there's seven Hall of Famers from that team. Mm. Mm. A coach, there's a coach, an owner, and a GM that are Hall of Famers. Mm. So when somebody says, oh, you went to – and as the years go on, they don't really talk about it to me like that anymore. Right. They have more adoration for you. Then they talk about what well, you guys lost. Yeah, I already know that. <laughs> but, what were you, but this is a T.O. for you. What were you doing on Super Bowl Sunday? You were watching me. Right, 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 right. Right. You I mean, were watching me and wanted to be like me. So guess what? I got one up on you. Right, but right. I think as an organization, we relished and always being the underdog that we can't do this. We can't do that. You guys are this. You guys are that. Just like any other sport. Right. And we just had 49 guys that worked together constantly year in and year out to get that Super Bowl. And it didn't happen. But I think the payoff is there's seven gold jackets. Absolutely. Right. And so with that, being, with that being said, uh, yeah. I just want our listeners to know we're talking to Andre Reed, who played 16 seasons with the Buffalo Bill Hall of Famer in 2014. Um, as we just alluded to, just talked about played in four consecutive Super Bowls. Uh, one more question for me before we get to hash. Yeah. Um, I, Cause I only played in, I, I only played in one Super Bowl and I, uh, and, and at times I think about the, what if, what yeah. if, you know what I mean? I was hurt. I, I wasn't a hundred percent, but sometimes like, you know, as of lately, I think about, okay, what if I was a hundred percent? What if I could have been Ooh. full strength uh, in that, in that Super Bowl? Would we have won? Um, you would have won. Definitely. <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, my co-host over here, he hasn't played exactly. in, in any. So he has no say-so in this conversation. He got, so back, we got, hey, all, we all got the same rings, though. We all got the same rings. <laughs> hey, but we ain't got the same, but we ain't got the same jackets. How about that? I got, I got so, one. I got so, one. So, so back to my question. Seriously, back to my question. You yeah. played in four consecutive Super Bowls. And like I said, I know how I feel. Like I said, I have those moments, but I don't dwell on it because in my heart of hearts, and me and Hatch, we, we joke around a lot of times, and, and even fans, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll comment and we'll go back and forth, and they're like, oh, well, you don't have a ring. You're not a champion. And so for me, how, how I justify my career is that I know that, like I said, I put my all into that Super Bowl. I didn't ultimately come out victorious as a Super Bowl champion but nobody can say that I didn't or deny exactly. that I didn't play like a champion. So my question is, you went to four. And like I said, obviously there's years that has gone by. And I'm, as you mentioned, you know, people don't really talk about it that much. But do you personally, do you feel like you failed because you went to those Super Bowls? Ultimately, like I said, you didn't win. But personally, do you feel like a failure or loser because you didn't win and you went four, I, four consecutive? That's a, great, that's a great question, T, because... You know, I came out the womb as a winner, regardless. Okay. And that's how, that's how I kind of model my life by. Everything I'm doing now with kids and things, I always, have, always had a winning mentality, and you're taught that from a young age. Um, what if we wouldn't have COVID with 290,000 people die? Right, right. Okay? So we can always say the what ifs. Life is a what if. What right. if I did this today and I should have did that? What would that outcome would have turned out to be? Mm-hmm. That's it. That's what it that So if we win this first one, which we lost by a, by a field goal, 
He missed the field goal with nine seconds left. Would I have went to the next one? Right. Would I have went to the next one? Would I have went to the next one? So I kind of, when people talk about that, I kind of try to flip the script on them. And I say, yeah, if we win one, would we have went to two or three or four? Right, right. You know, right. hindsight's twenty twenty now. Right. But would the team been would have been assembled because free agency back then really wasn't a big thing. Right. You stuck you stuck with your core players and the people around them that were good, but stuck together. And one thing that I really credit the Buffalo Bills organization during those four years is keeping those guys together and knowing that this is our guys that we need these guys to get back, to get back, to get back, to get back. So I, uh, would I love a Super Bowl ring to go with a Hall of Fame ring? Of course, no doubt. Right, right. And, and I got this question asked many times. Would you trade going to the Super Bowl four times mm. for your Hall of Fame ring? Right. Mm. Preach. Well, would you? Answer. No. Would you? No. It's awesome. Now, back in... 20 years ago, my mind was different. So I probably thought differently back then. Mm-hmm. But now the game, and we all know this, the game has changed. Guys' motives are different. Way different. Uh, money is still root, the root of it. Mm-hmm. But these guys nowadays, and to give you a quick example, maybe somebody like Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. Okay, why didn't Le'Veon stay in Pittsburgh? We can we can just you know we can go all over the place with that. Yep, yep. yep. But the money they're chasing the money because I deserve what Zeke got. Mm-hmm. I deserve what they gave this guy, mm-hmm. and it, it happened back then. But the structure of the way an organization goes about doing that now is a lot different than it was twenty years ago. So okay. you're so you're basing this whole um, last twenty years of being happy about your experience, right? Participating yeah, in the four Super Bowls. Really, it of comes course. down to the Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Bruce Smith, Cornelius oh, yeah. Bennett, James Lofton, Don Beebe. Those are your teammates, right? right. Yep. So to you, that stuff, that ride, that joyous ride for 8 to 10, 15 years was way better than that one moment of winning the actual Super Bowl. I, 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 I think if we had to put a percentage on it, it's probably like 60-40. 60, 40, way better than, yeah. because you know what? How many people get a chance to even play in one playoff game? Yeah, for sure. How yeah. many people, how many people get a chance to go to one Super Bowl? Absolutely. Right. That's it's like, it. you're, you're like this. Yeah. People say what? that all the time. And I was like, I played in more playoff games than Barry Sanders. How crazy does that sound? That's you know really what I'm saying? Crazy. It's crazy yeah. because that's Barry. You think that Barry should have Super Bowl rings and then playoff runs. And like you said, it's not an easy thing. But there wasn't, really? it wasn't about for Barry. And right. we all know Barry. It wasn't about that for Barry. It wasn't exactly. about that. So guys right. are built differently depending on maybe situations. Yep. Now, Barry probably should be the all-time leading rusher ever. No that's doubt about right. it. Right, right. But that's, that wasn't what Barry was about. That was what he wanted, right. So no, we have to give his motive. That wasn't his motivation. That wasn't his motivation. He was he was all about championships. And you know why he retired? Because the organization early. wasn't going in that direction. Right. And he early. He quit and he, early. Yeah. And I mean, guess but, what? but again, what's but that is it because I've had this discussion too. Was it really early? Because after 10 years for a running back, 
That's not considered early, in my opinion. Everybody yes, but at the given, time but giving, but given the early. fact, right? But given you know, what he was, uh, his production and the way that, he was I was playing, just gonna say that what he was producing every right. time he was on the field, right? He was still trending. So guess what? Exactly. It's just my like production, no, and, right? And not no comparison, but the same thing with me at the end zero, of my zero comparison. Production. You're crazy. I was still, I was still trending. I was still ascending. I know, joking. I know. But, 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 no. Since you want to crack jokes, but who, who are you talking about? Got more playoff, uh, got playoff uh, appearances. I might, I might have got more playoffs than you. You, who, who, who are you? What? How many games? Patch. How many games? How many playoff games? Patch. Think seven. Dude, I had twenty-two. That's a lot. Oh, That's I had more, way more than seven. Hey man, you got no, hey, no, T, 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 T was always hurt. Hey, bro. T was always hurt. He didn't play, he just waited for the Super Bowl. Hey, T, <laughs> T, you got to talk to your producer on that one, bro. <laughs> Trust me, I, I, I ain't got to have him look. I know I played in more than seven, but you know what? If you, if you look at that, if you look at that, there was even something on TV, it was called What If. Right. What if something would have happened? Would it have turned out a different way? Right, so right, I right. I think every team, every player to a certain point that is a Hall of Fame player or a great player mm -hmm. and something happens that maybe shouldn't have happened and they thought it was going to happen differently, there's right. always that what if factor. I but mean, I think as, as athletes, we're what always if? trying to play that game because, again, our, our 98 Vikings team, if we oh, went to the Super Bowl that year, we felt that we would have went like the next three out of four. That's yeah. how we felt. Like you said, but we just didn't finish that first one. And like you right. said, I would have won. The you got to get Super one Bowl. before you get two. Right. And if y'all would have won that first Super Bowl in Buffalo, you're right. That team might have been dismantled by year two or three. And then you might not have ever went to. Because four. back then in 90, 1990, free agency was being talked about through the or through the league. Right. And then when plan B, y'all remember when plan B hit, yep. dudes were just scattering like roaches, man, when the when the first lights came on. Yeah, first check available. Yes. Right. So I think I played in the era. Um, you know, you talk about Jerry and and uh you know, got Jerry Jerry Rice and Chris Carter and all those guys. That that was my era. Yep. Right, and right. They voted 1996 receiving class, which T.O. was in, as the greatest receiving class of all time. And my and mine, 1985, was number two. You heard it. You heard that hat? That 1996 yeah. draft class. It ain't got nothing to do yeah. with you, though. I, mean, yeah. I, I was a part of that draft class. I was yeah. definitely part of that draft hey, class. Who, who else Hatch, was you have, draft class? Hatch, Hatch, you have... You're, you're not even... In the realms of this, you're not even in this conversation. But what I will add to the conversation is that we all have something in common here today: is that we played at small, small division schools. Right. And that's why I want to transition to right now is that Andre, you played that I've never even heard of Cooks Cuts 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 Town State. Cooks Cuts Cuts Town State. Cooks Cuts Town State. Town State. Cooks Town State. Cooks Town State. With a T. I've never team. even heard of Coos Town State, just like I've never really heard of Langston until I met this guy. Hey, you was up in that piece, though. So. Right. But just like, <laughs> hey, exactly. And I'm sure a lot of people probably didn't hear T. Chattanooga, but what we all have in common is that yeah. we kind of, I, I ain't going to say we put him on the, on the map, but people know 
of our university because of the production and what we did and, like I said, right. the route that we took. So just let our listeners know yeah. uh, just kind of what it was like to play at a small school and transition into the receiver, the Hall of Famer that you are today. And I want all our listeners to, to really pay close attention to yeah. uh, our, our special guest here. We have Andre Reed, uh, Hall of Fame, inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2014, uh, 16 season with the Buffalo Bills. I think, uh, you know, back in when I came out, the, the Division II, the small school player, was pretty obsolete. Um, you know, Jerry, Jerry Rice was one double A. Um, Randy Moss, when he came out in 98 or the year he oh, came out, AA. went to Marshall. One double A, yep. One double A. So I'm not saying that my draft year really started a trend. All right, I'm on the TO. I'm on y'all's show. So I'm going to say it did say that. That the, that the, the small small <laughs> school the small school guy, especially at the skill position, um, started me and Jerry started that trend of going to one double A Division two schools. Because you look at guys like Adam Thielen, and mostly on these rosters now, there's Division two one double A Division. They're players all over the place now. Absolutely right. And whatever reason it is, is back then it was called finding a diamond in the rough. Right, right. Yeah. Now there's really to that to 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 me that is that doesn't even exist because you got pro bowlers that are D two guys. You got guys that are perennial pro bowlers that are one double A guys. So that's really you know we could throw that out of the you know out of just throw it out right now. Right. But back then the big the big thing was are you able to transition from being that small school guy who dominated everybody. Mm-hmm. to skipping the teams, the schools like Notre Dame and SC and LSU and all the big schools right to the pros and make an impact right away. Right. And Jerry Rice did it. And yeah. Jerry was, you know, Jerry was Jerry. Walter right. Payton did it. T.O. did it. Tennessee Chattanooga. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I'm below them at, at a D2 school where we used to count it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, because HBCUs back in the day, black college football, we have a lot of people in the NFL Hall of Fame. And people don't understand. They got got their own Hall of Fame, HBCU schools. Got your own. And then you have your the the NFL Hall of Fame. You be you take a look at that thing. There's a lot of HBCUs in there. And again, not playing on the same level as your Notre Dame, Ohio State, Miami. Yeah. And and look what look what Dion's doing. Look what Dion's going to do. Jackson State. Yeah. So going to Jackson State and taking over the helm there, not only does Dion bring excellent football mind and what he's done as a Hall of Famer on the field, he brings credibility, he brings knowledge. Like I said, he's got a great mind, and he's going to mold those kids. Whoever go to Jackson State, mm-hmm. not only is he going to put them on the map, but he's going to make those kids way better people Right. Yeah. Maybe football players. Absolutely. He's going to groom those guys to go from boys to men um, as it it relates to off the field. The on the field stuff, again, yeah, that's going to take care of itself. Uh, But I want to ask you one question. Obviously, like I said, uh, you know, going to a a Division II school. Mm -hmm. And obviously now we realize that how the recruiting process is, um, you know, guys, will they will find you no matter what. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, based on the recruiting and how they scout things of that nature. So you can go to a Division three school. If, if you're good, they're going to find you. You can they're going to get you. 
Right. They're gonna get you. Then, let's let's go 30 back back 30 however many years you played. Were you ever concerned that because you went to a division two school in Coonstown State, that you weren't gonna be able to make it? I, I think you know, I was a high school quarterback and I was a we we wasn't a great passer, mostly we were more option because I ran the ball. Mm-hmm. That transition when I got to Kutztown because I was kind of a homebody kid. I wanted to stay close to home. And Kutztown was 45 minutes from my house. So I can go home on the weekends and I still had that home. I could still feel the house. Mm-hmm. Right. So obviously I wanted to play football, but my dad and my mom wanted me to get an education, number one. That was the thing. Football, did I know football was going to take me to be a Hall of Famer someday? I could have stood out in a rainstorm and it's lightning all around me and never got hit by a lightning bolt. That's how, that, that was the odds of that. But I think my passion for the game, regardless of where it was going to be, took me to a small Division II school 45 mm-hmm. minutes up the road because I wanted to play football and I wanted to do it justice for my mom and get an education. Now, years after that, Scouts, you know, my senior year, my uh, freshman year, first scout came up to me. This is 1981. The Seahawks had just came into existence in 76. Wow, right. <laughs> so five years later, mm. five years later. So I'm, at, I'm on campus and head coach calls me into the AD office. He goes, I got somebody here who wants to meet you. He's from the Seattle Seahawks. He wants to talk to you about you know, uh, football, your game, what are your, you know, what are your aspirations, all that. Dude, you talking about T, I was so scared. <laughs> I was like <laughs> petrified to talk to this dude. Because I'm 21 years old. I'm matter of fact, I'm I'm barely 20. I'm probably 21. I'm probably 19, 18, 19 or 20. Mm-hmm. I'm still a young kid. And a scout wants to come up and talk to me about what, where do I want to go with my, football career yeah right and he watched film on it, it was a real real joints too the black and whites <laughs> and uh yeah so he was watching film and the film broke so they had to splice it and do all that that's how old it was but i think one thing that i realized i i became when i talked to this guy i became a man in the sports world that quick mm-hmm. that really woke my eyes up to the next three years mm-hmm. because i knew somebody was watching yeah and I knew in order to perform at the level that I wanted to, I had to change my whole structure, everything. Just not, oh, I'm, the fa- I'm faster than you. I'm this and that. And I, again, I'm a high school quarterback, quarterback coming out of high school. I didn't know the receiver position. Right. So well, basically, I was, yeah, I didn't know how to run routes. I didn't know so all I knew was I can, I can run with the ball and I can handle the ball and I can catch. Right. And so on the football field, you could throw it, right? So I. I was an ex-quarterback as well. Yeah. Me and you are the only two real athletes on the panel right now because he's one-dimensional. <laughs> oh, but that's that. But 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 I like the way you. I like the way you. I like the way you. I was about to give you a compliment, dog. I was about to give you a compliment. Okay. <laughs> now you ain't getting it anymore. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was saying, no, no. I was saying I like the way you made that segue and, and included me in that. I appreciate that's what I was saying. <laughs> But anyway, so again, so throw, hey, throw man. the ball, hey, right? Hey, T, T.O., you work with him, man. He don't work with you. You work with him, bro. You work with him. You work with him, man. But no, so 
Now that transition at the time, we because when I was in college, I'm like, I'm not going to go to the NFL as a quarterback. That's the reason I changed positions because there was only Randall Cunningham and Warren Moon, and they were trying to get them out the league every single year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. was that your thinking? Like, okay, I know I'm not going to go to the league as an NFL quarterback because of my color, or you were like, I just want to make the transition so I have a better chance to get to the NFL. And that's a good question because I. When I came in there, they were like, well, we, we seen, we watched film on you in high school. We know you can run the ball. I didn't play one snap at quarterback. Mm-hmm. He, they said, hey, would you, uh, would you, we would love to see you play receiver because we know you can run with the ball. You can handle, you, you've handled the ball. We want to see how you can catch it and run with it. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this is the offensive coordinator. And I'm thinking, I don't know, I don't know about that. And then I go, I just want to play. They put me a receiver. They put me a receiver, and there you go. Well, again, so it was it was one guy that changed my football life. Mm-hmm. One guy. Who was and that? We all have our we all have our football stories. I know To has a football his football stories. One guy changed my my position and changed my whole direction of life. And who was one that? guy? It was it was the offensive coordinator. Name was Gino Calcagni. Gino Calcagni. Wow. And all, he was a, a uh, Italian, you know, Italian guy. His mother and father were immigrants, all mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And he was on the coaching staff. And he says, I, he went to the head coach and goes, I think because this kid can run and he's got good moves when he catches it, when he gets the ball, let's put him at receiver and try to get him the ball see, and, and see what he does there. Mm-hmm. One guy. So uh, there's a, for the, your listeners out there, again, we talk about Hall of Famers and we, uh, you know, how me and T kind of disagree with putting all these new receivers in the Hall of Fame after one or two years. Right. Me and T say we, you have to do something extraordinary. Like you can't just be have one good game with 10 catches and 200 yards. That's irrelevant. Right. So the best run after catches run after the catch guys are you two hands down NFL history right again because people just in case y'all don't know Andre Reed go to YouTube and you will see Andre Reed taking slants and hitches and stop routes for your 40 50 60 yards as well as T.O. was doing that when he was playing as well people don't understand because now when they see today's game if it ain't a big post over the top like it's not a long run. You don't see guys make 11 guys like bounce off a four and outrun three and then yeah, yeah. And stiff arm one at the end. Like, you yes. know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't happen in today's game, but y'all were doing that. And I think people have to realize you guys don't have to do everything else, but you guys are doing that exception. I think you guys are number one and 1A when it comes to run after catch NFL Hall of Famers, my personal. Man, player. Hatch, I'm going to have to give you a couple of Snickers bars for that, bro. That was good. <laughs> Like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't even give me a compliment, boy. It must be the holiday. Hey, man. Hey, yeah. It's your Christmas gift. New Year. Hey, let me tell you, man. Hey, Hatch ain't all what people say he is, boy. I tell you, he's all, he's <laughs> all right. Ah, he's all right, man. He's all right. Hey, hey. I speak the truth. That's all. You know what I'm but saying? You know what? Hey, you know what, guys? That's what we do on this show, man. Hey, hey you think it? Just, we say hey, it. Say it, baby. Already. Hey, that's what I. Hey, just like Obama said, that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely you know one thing guys one thing about you got to work hard at everything you do and Mm -hmm. one thing I tell these young receivers now and young kids in high school I always say do the work when nobody's watching absolutely when nobody's watching you're doing the extra stuff 
because those extra things are going to come back. Absolutely. You're not wasting your time. You ain't wasting your time, especially nowadays, because everything, the game is more analytic than it's ever been. Mm -hmm. And as a player, you got to keep up with that. Mm -hmm. And I think guys with social media, they show the workouts, they do this, do that. We ain't have that. You better get in the gym, do what you got to do. Get on the field, run your routes, uh, do your jugs, um, do all your little small things. That's when nobody's looking. Absolutely. Now everybody's watching them because they're filming it now. Yeah. And so, I tell you, we'll, we'll work out with some players and the, they come and they start, we start the workout and they want to bring their phone out there. I'm like, it's not time for that yet. You know, I'm, nah, let's man. at least get an hour good of work in. And then at the end, if you want to take a couple, you know, a couple of uh, glamour shots, you go right ahead. Yeah. You got to understand yeah. that work is, is going to get you seen, not these, you know, these fake things that's going to get you seen. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right, let's um, you know, let's talk about again that transition from you going from a high school quarterback to 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 receiver because there's there's yeah. a, a number of other guys that are you know in the league now that have made that transition. Um, you know, and I know for fun, I mean, obviously, uh, with that background of, of of being a quarterback, did you ever consider you know asking going to the coach? You know, like, yo, coach, can I? You know, if there ever is there ever an emergency situation? Would you yeah. be be the quarterback? Yeah, I, I there was all that was always you know an option. Um, right. At the time we had a, you know the 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 quarterback we had at the time was a was a little was a D two All American at the time, my uh, my sophomore and junior year. Um, so there was always that thing that could happen emergency quarterback, but you know as soon as I got as soon as I got out wide and and they used to move me around everywhere because they always keyed on me. And it had double teams and this. I kind of like that because I was a focal point and I had to step my stuff up. Bottom right. line, you know, right. when you're the focal point, you either put up or shut up. That's for sure. You either put them up or put them down or you out. And I think that really up here, right in this three inches between your your eyes, <laughs> but that really you got, you got about four inches between your eyes. You got your eyes. Is hey, hey, but I, hey, I'm looking at both of y'all. And Hat has his his, uh, his Santa hat on right now. Both of y'all got some foreheads. Hey, <laughs> you know what? You you got a you got a hat on to hide your big five head. What you hey, talking about? But, hey, but hey, but you oh, got no light skin guys. Hey, notice it. Hey, I ain't light skin. Nothing y'all see. Hey, I'm paper bag. I'm hey, not light skinned. I'm paper bag hey, brown. Hey, Hats, tell them this. Hey, the lighter, the better. <laughs> hey, hey, the hey. The the better. Hey, hey, y'all played out. Hey, y'all been played out like Al B. Sure, bro. Y'all days gone. Hey, come on, man. Come gone. on, man. That's, that's my age. Hey, they used to call me that too back in the day. They used to call me oh, Al B. I already know. Hey, I, 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 always, I, always, I always thought, I always, Dre had a Jerry curl back in the day. And she's like, no, I dude, I'm looking at dude, hold up. I got a quick Jerry Curl uh, story for you. Back in 86, 87, when the curls were in, uh-huh. man, you don't want to play a game when it's hot outside. <laughs> oh, no, it's dripping all in your, it's all, it's no, dripping no. All in your eyes. Dude, the back of your neck, I'm telling you right now, the back Sizzling. of your neck, not only, was, <laughs> hey, not only was it spongy, it was on fire. Right, right. Uh, but I'm looking at both of you off. guys now. I'm looking at the both of you guys now on this screen, and y'all might be related because both of y'all got long ass chins and long ass foreheads. 
And y'all sure y'all ain't related. Your face just long. How you don't talk, chump? Your little uh Yeah, this is funny. Hey, we appreciate everybody tuning in. This is uh yeah, we got Andre Reed, Hall of Famer. Uh hey, hey man, y'all crazy, bro. Y'all crazy, man. Y'all crazy. So 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 Dre, I know you waited what nine years to get to the hall. Right. Yeah. So I kind of I went through. I didn't go through the process with T, but I was familiar with some of the things he was going through when he was waiting on that call from the hall. And of he, course, he, this dude got mad. He was mad. At I, I didn't get mad. I just tried to explain the other side. See, T, I don't okay, yeah. get mad like you. You get mad. No, no, no. no, no I wasn't mean. Agree. I don't get okay. mad. I just wanted right. to explain. I you got even though. Hey, did you I get apologize. even? I apologize. I misspoke. He wasn't <laughs> mad, but he was a little concerned. You know about what I was doing, about my decision. That's opinion. Hey, how many, right. hey, hey, T, how many times have I talked to you? Because we're going to get on that. How many times did I talked to you the last, the first first time I see when, first of all, when you were up, and then two years after that, who do, who, did I talk to you about things? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You, you, okay. I mean, you, you amongst a, a couple of others, like real true Hall of Famers that I spoke to. And, That's right. And I didn't, and, and, and I took it as, I, I took it genuinely. I took it to heart. It wasn't just for the moment that I was there that you guys were like, oh man, you're, there's no, no doubt you're a first ballot. Oh, yeah. You were suing. Yeah. That yeah. is like, bro, no, my first year up, I was in, it was uh, when the Super Bowl was in San Francisco. And then the year after that, the Super yeah. Bowl was in, uh, in, in Houston. So yeah, so there's a process, you know, when you're a Hall of Famer, you know, they bring you out there, you go to a number of events, this and that and the other. They have a big luncheon, um, with the number, you know, obviously with the finalists, things of that nature. And so, again, I ran into, into guys like uh, Andre Reed. Um, obviously, Jerry was there. Uh, some of the older, uh, old heads, the old uh, uh, Hall of Famers, um, they all came up to me and they were very complimentary. And like I said, some of it is like, you know, just they, they it was like political. Oh, yeah, man, you know, you, you, you're going to make it, this and that and the other. You're a shoe in. I can tell when it's genuine, when it's just, I'm there. Well, I was. I was the right thing. I was real with you. No, 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 no doubt for sure. So, so again, and the thing so, is, so is keep taking it as being real. Yeah, don't say yeah. You deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. Give me something real. You told him at the time, Dre. I just said, I think the one thing, and this is what I had to realize too, because when I retired, I was number three in yard catches, number five in yards, and seven in touchdowns in 2000 when I retired. So, right. am I thinking first ballot? I think during those nine years that I was up, I had guys like John Randall and, and uh, I mean, guys that had been in, you know, three, four or five years before that time, before I was eligible. They told me that one, the one word, and I, and I think I told T, T this, is it's a process. Process. Mm -hmm. It's a process. And we got to, just like any other team that's trying to build, there's a process that has to go on. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I I was in the same class um, fighting with Tim and Chris Carter for years. Mm -hmm. We were kind of on the same ballot. Now, every year at the same time, people would say the same thing to me. Like right around now, mm -hmm. they would start yep. saying things. Yep. <laughs> so after five years, here's how I flipped it. I said, well, maybe to myself, I said, well, maybe it wasn't just, maybe it isn't meant to be. Mm -hmm. So I got kind of because I got that out of it. You know, maybe it just ain't meant to be. And I got to be OK with that. Mm -hmm. Would I be OK? No, but I'd have to be OK with it. So Absolutely. there was my mentality right there. And then as I went to 
eight of those dinners, eight of those luncheons as, as T.O. Uh, you know, <laughs> I went to eight of those luncheons. <laughs> hey, you better than me. Because after that first one, hey, I didn't go to no more dinners after that. <laughs> and I, I, I kind of thought, but, but I always thought, again, I thought about the process. Then I had, you know, Bruce and Thurman and Jim, they already in there. So mm -hmm. if I, you know, they would, they would be all up on me if I didn't, you know, that kind of thing, you know, whatever. So the process, and I told T it's a process. And I think it wasn't that he was, wasn't bitter. Obviously I can see the bitterness in him mm -hmm. without even saying, without him even saying one word, Absolutely. I can see the bitterness. So I threw that out. I threw the bitterness out. I just explained to him about the whole process and, and hope that he realized, regardless of what he did in the league, one of the greatest ever, we got to realize on this side of it, there's a process that's going on. Mm -hmm. And that's what I tried to reiterate him those three years that this is a process. And I think he got it. And I know he got it because as soon as he, I believe that he got it, boom, the next year he was in. Did you did you receive those words, T? When 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 Dre was talking to you? No, no, no. I I at that point, yeah, because I hadn't really, like I said, I hadn't gone through the process of them coming to my door and telling me that I hadn't made it. So this was before, you know, I got the actual knock on the door and that's you how know, they told got, you. Right. So I for, I, nine, I, eight, I for eight straight years it was a phone call saying, ah, you didn't make it this year. Right. So prior to that, so my second year, the second year I got a phone call because I was en route back to the hotel. I wasn't at the hotel. But the first year I'm back at the hotel and I got the knock on the door from David Baker. And he said, oh, unfortunately, you didn't make it. So I, I'm one of those guys. I'm sort of like a realist. And I again, with you explaining that it was going to it's, it's a process. I, I took that to heart, but understanding, and like you said, when you retired, you knew where you were statistically. So you felt like, okay, and with the class of people that you were in there with, I'm like, okay, well, I'm, for, I'm a for sure first, first ballot. I'm a for sure shoe in. So getting all this vote of confidence and praise from peers and guys that had already been in the Hall of Fame, I'm taking it, okay, these guys know what they're talking about. So the voters should obviously feel or think the same way. Right. So yeah. that's how I felt. So when I didn't make it, I'm like, all right, cool. I didn't make it. I just felt a little bit. And that's the first time I was a little disappointed. Oh, dude, second, dude, let me tell you, you, you have to, you have right. to. That's the just, second that's year is normal. That's normal. The second year was the second year was totally different. Now, when I didn't make it the second year and I was in the class with some of these guys and when they started, obviously, you know, breaking down why you should be in and you shouldn't be in. And, and that was, they start, that was they, they shouldn't have done that. They shouldn't, right. they shouldn't even did that. Yeah. Right. So then they started talking about all these off the field issues and problems that I supposedly had. And I'm like, which I had none uh, locker room problems that obviously, like I said, that wasn't part of the criteria. And then they're letting, or they're allowing other guys in that had off the field, like real off the field problems, uh, you know, issues, run-ins with the law and things of that nature that's where I felt disrespected because I'm like, okay, this shouldn't even be, this shouldn't even be brought up. You should be, you know, obviously right. judging me based on my body of work. And as you said, like I said, right. I was, where you were at your time when you retired, that's where I was. I was second, third, fourth, whatever. So then again, when they allow someone else to go in in front of me, 
And my that's, that's pretty. Away. I mean, it's, that's just a oh. human thing, bro. That's disappointing. Right. And, exactly. so and again, through years. all those years, mm-hmm. through all those years, I'm like, okay, well, they the receivers that went before me were like Art Monk, and uh, uh, they had Bob Hayes, who should have been in there a long time ago. So mm-hmm. I really started thinking of it like this. Here's here's guys that their line of work and what they did was outstanding, no doubt about it. Do they deserve to get in before me? And it took me a couple of years to say, well, maybe, maybe not. And then about that sixth year, when they were putting in again uh, Art Monk and and they had uh, uh, there was a couple other guys there, you know, guys like Cliff Branch who should have been in a long time, Drew Pearson who should have been in a long time. These are guys that set the table for all of us. So I kind of started thinking that way, like, of course, they. there's no doubt about it. Right, right. And I had to think of it that way, um, just to like, like you said, those guys are going to say what they want to do, what, what they want to say, what you did on the field and how you impacted the whole game of football right. for eternity. Right. That's already etched in stone. Well, let me ask you this. Because, right? it, because it is right here. Because right. it is it's a stone, the right there. Stone, right. Yeah, and before you get to that, Hatch, I, let me right. just say this. The second year, like I said, I wasn't – at that point, I wasn't even disappointed no more. I was – I felt disrespected. And right. then I – as you and, – and, and not to cut you off, Hatch, but, again, you talk about the process. I tried to take that into consideration. I mean, okay, the first year, cool, I didn't make it. And then the second year, like I said, based on my body work, and then obviously, like I said, the writers um, who, again, the the, the – um, uh, David Baker and all these people appoint to to ultimately induct us in there. They had a job. They have a job to do, and I felt like I felt like they didn't do their job. You know, uh, to the point of uh, really acknowledging and really showing people, okay, this is this is our job. This is what we're supposed to do with these nominees. And when they go outside the scope of that and not allow uh, the rightful people to be in there, that's where I felt disrespected. And then that yeah, and, into- and you definitely. And you definitely had a right to it. There's nothing out right. about it. You were hundred percent right about that. And so when I so going into that third year, that's what I, I already knew. After my second year, I kind of already had an idea of kind of ideally what I wanted to do. I wasn't going to the I wasn't going to the ceremony after that. Mm-hmm. So go ahead, Hatch. So I think the, they probably couldn't find enough dirt to make your bust with T. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Dre, <laughs> hey man, so, uh, so hey, Dre, you gotta so, work with this dude. It's all in, it's all in. How you fun, work? Baby. How you work with I, him? Man? I know, man. This is and it's the Christmas holidays. Hey, man. but why you, why you work with that dude? Hey, but T, but T, why you playing? The first thing you thought about when you saw Dre's bus is it's too dark. That's the first no. thing I thought about. That's why right. I, I guarantee. Look at look, lying, look, bro. Look at Dre, Dre, Dre is about eighteen shades lighter than his bus. <laughs> oh my god! Hey, honestly, Dre, that ain't what I thought about. Yes, when it I is. That's yours, wrong, bro. That's hey, wrong, when bro. I saw yours, it immediately made me want to go get mine. <laughs> no, yes. but no, yes. I, I don't. I want to. I want. We get some. We get some serious questions on here too, Dre. But I want to. I want to take you back again. Your lifestyle, right? You yeah. went to four Super Bowls. Um, you didn't have the, the, the win, the, the ring from the Super Bowls. And yeah. then after that eighth call from, the, from David Baker or whoever from the hall said that you didn't get in, was that a low time in your life? Was that so disappointing? Because me personally looking at it, I'm like, I still went to four Super Bowls. I'm still going, going to the hall one day. You know, my terminology. Right. 
So yeah, yeah. I yeah. Which was the lowest point? Losing those four balls, uh, Super Bowls, or not getting that call after the seventh or eighth call? Yeah, which which was the worst? I want to know where you were mentally after that eighth call. Right. You know, I think I think you win a Super Bowl because it's a team oriented thing. Right. Um, Okay. When you get a bust and you get a ring and a jacket and your your face is made of bronze and it's there for 40,000 years. Mm. Um, obviously there's a team, there's a team aspect to it, but you did something so individually extraordinary Mm. that it it really doesn't compare, um, to what a Super Bowl like a team does. How many Super Bowl rings are out there? A lot. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of people that got Super Bowl rings that you don't really know who they are. And maybe they don't deserve it. Facts. Facts. Well, there's only 388 Hall of Famers on the planet. 389. 317. I'm I'm 285, bro. 317. I think if we put it in that perspective, Mm -hmm. um, it really... It doesn't take away what the Super Bowl means to me because that's that's what you play the game for. But when somebody acknowledges you for what you did on the field and how you did it to be the, one of the best ever to do it, that's different. That's totally that's a totally you can that's on this side. So that's what all that stuff means. And then really how you carry yourself. I think the Hall of Fame stands for a lot for what you did on the field, but what you do as a Hall of Famer, how you carry yourself mm-hmm. speaks more volumes than going to a Super Bowl and winning. Yep, yep. So uh, to me, that, that's that's just to me. That's just my thought. So after that eighth time, after that eighth phone call, mentally, where were you? I, I did. You know, I, I I said after five, I didn't think it was going to happen. Okay. So you were you were so already. I kind of just like To. I kind of to a certain point. I kind of didn't think about it until. Playoff time came, and then right around championship week and then uh, Super Bowl, that's when it all came back to me and everybody's talking to me. Yeah, this is your year. This is this. This is that. Mm-hmm. I go, well, if it was my year, it would have been happened five years ago or four years ago if it was my year because it would have happened. So mentally, I had to think, well, it could happen. It might not happen. And again, like I said before, I got to be – prepare for that and I got to act accordingly to whatever that this whatever happens mm-hmm. well so that, you could, uh, exactly you could be you could be Drew Pearson who's been crying for uh, years and years about he cried, he cried on TV on national TV he cried on national TV and had a party and they dogged him out and guess what they did this year they last year they put him in Drew Pearson Pearson yeah he's in the centennial class yeah the, the, old the centennial class what is that Dude, that's dude. They're they're inducting twenty five guys next year. It, it's yeah. I don't I don't want to get so that's so that's, I don't that's a different class than the it's, actual it's Hall of Fame. It's, it's not a different class this year because of the, because of the hundred years of the league. They wanted to get a centennial class in an older class, like an older yeah class. yeah not old timers but older. Oh, so does that mean? So do you feel? Do you feel? Do you still feel the same? For me, that sounds like honorable mention. I mean, I mean, you can't, yeah. you can't say that. Yes, look at that. You know you want to laugh. 
I do want to laugh, but it's that's messed up though. You can't say that because I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying this mainly because Drew Pearson, I don't I, I really don't care for him. He's had some really negative things to say about me. That's and then right. I've seen he'll be all right. I've I've seen like I, I think that what uh Andre is talking about, he had this whole little celebration. I guess he thought he was gonna make it and he didn't. He wanna cry. You called me a crybaby the other day. He need to sit his crybaby ass down somewhere. Yeah, but I, but at the same time, I never I, like I said I, I I don't really pay attention to this Hall of Fame stuff. So obviously, Andre is really yeah. connected. So I, I, where's your where's your jacket, Dre? It's downstairs, man, in some cellophane. So so I know I saw, explain, I saw I saw I saw T.O.'s jacket on the mannequin at Macy's the other day. <laughs> 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 hey, no, so, hey. No, that was Chad. Hey, that was Chad's jacket. Oh, that was Chad. Okay, my bad. That was Chad's jacket. So, oh, so, Joe so, Cinco. So, Ed, so educate us. We're talking uh, a Hall of Famer, uh, <laughs> inductee, um, uh, uh, Andre Reed, twenty fourteen. Uh, we're talking to him. Obviously, sixteen years with the Buffalo Bills. Um, let's go back into this this ex- explanation of this centennial class because I, I again. Just like our listeners, Andre, you're not only just educating them, you're educating me. And I'm sure Hatch wants to know, too. So, Well, they, this- they, they came out with this centennial class due to the 100th year celebration of the NFL. So that was and last year. That was last year, or is this the 100th year? No, this is the 100th year. Okay, this is the 100th year to this year. So I'm not saying that these guys were Hall of Fame holdovers or honorable mentions or however you want to put it. Um, I think, I think the board of directors probably, I'm not, by all means, I'm not on the board of directors or any of that. Um, they wanted to recognize, I guess, um, these guys who have been maybe on the ballot and then were on the senior list and their senior time has went past. Um, and they they honored these guys. I mean, I really don't know the whole story around it, other than then there's 20 guys, you know, like Don Shell and Harold this Carmichael. Is not, this is, this is the reason. This is the I don't know. I'm speculating, <clears throat> but the Hall of Fame says, okay, 2010, all the numbers and the stats for all these new players, 2010 and higher, are going to be so astronomical. They're always going to have to put these guys in which means okay. the older guys are never going to make it to the Hall of Fame. So yeah. we have to separate it and make a certain class for older guys. And that's then a good, that's the a good Hall thing. Of Fames, the new yeah. Hall of Famers are going to be in there, boom, 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 because of media, social media, right? They can play 10 years. Again, Calvin, Calvin, Calvin Johnson is going to be a first ballot. He was, a, what, 10 years maybe? You know what I'm saying? Right. So th- that's how it's going to end up happening because players aren't playing as long from now to the next 50 years. So, yeah. so do you think, um, Andre, so do you think the guys that are going to be in this centennial class, do you think they're going to be as appreciative of this? Uh, oh, you know, I think, um, as long, I think as, there's not, as, long as there's not a T.O. in the group, yes, they will be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you know. You, you, you wouldn't have took it. You wouldn't have took it. No, I'm not lying. Me personally, me personally, no, you know, look, yeah. Me 18, popcorn out. I'll take I wouldn't it. no, I wouldn't take it because it's almost like okay, here you go. Start. This is almost like that is because I guarantee you, they've watched and they've witnessed what Drew Pearson has done and cried about it over these number of years. 
they they're like, okay, well, here you go. Maybe you're hush. You're 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 stock crunch. But see, you're you're you're, you're, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right about that. But they feel that these guys are at the point now where it's it's an honor beyond belief. I mean, there's right, right. There's right. no doubt and I about know, it. Yeah, for sure. And I know yeah, I, and I think me, over the I, years, there are yeah. definitely some guys that are definitely well deserving. Um, but I think they look they're looking at the honor. Mm-hmm. They're looking at that honor more than anything to be recognized yeah. by the hall, by the league. Um, if you go probably down that whole list. Maybe maybe some of them, there's maybe 10 to 15 of them are very suspect to being, if they weren't in a centennial class, would they get in on their own merit, if you want to call it that? Right, exactly. So I think, you know, the hall is trying to say, well, this is the 100th year of the league. Let's put a, a bunch of guys in that maybe were on the ballot or da-da-da-da and give these guys this honor. Is it the same? I mean... For me and you, you know, it, it probably isn't the same. You know? <laughs> right. So, so uh, give me your assessment. Give me your assessment, Andre. So, what, 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 if you, if it was you, how would you feel? And I'd like to, I want, I don't want everybody to think that I'm being, now, no, I don't, no, no, I know no, I got hey. a lot of listeners. I don't want people to think that I'm being a jerk or what have you. No, 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 I no. Think, I, I, but I, no. say this because I know, like I said, I know Drew Pearson has have said some negative things about me or what have you. This is the Get Your Popcorn Ready podcast show. And I, everybody know I'm going to say what I got to say. And so for uh-huh. me, I we've gone, Drew and I, we've gone through some situations and he hasn't, you know, spoken uh, about me in high regards. I played in the IFL. Uh, there were some things that happened with, it, with that situation and he kind of backdoored me or what have you. So for me to now, like I said, see all of this stuff unfold. And like I said, I didn't even know, honestly, I didn't know that he had made it in a number of years. And I didn't know, like for me, what the Hall of Fame means to him at the point of time, like I said, I, it didn't really mean that much to me because I never played the game. And I think you alluded to this earlier. Don't I never played. It mean the, anything to you. Don't, I, don't no, say no, 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 that. Listen, listen, no, listen, listen, listen to what I'm saying. Okay. I never played the game to make it to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's that's what I was saying. That's what I'm going with it. I never played the game to, uh, to to make it to the Hall of Fame, but once I realized uh, where I was statistically and I got nominated, I understood what that meant. Like Andre said, there's only 388 of us, bro. You that's an individual honor outside of Super Bowl, which is a team, which is a team honor. When you get recognized for your individuals, uh, your individual skill set and your talent. And you're measured amongst all the players that have played in the league. Yes, it, it is a tremendous honor. So that's why after the first year, I said the first year I was disappointed. And then I go to the second year that I didn't make it. I said I, I felt disrespected. So in, you're exactly right. I, it, it did mean something to me. But to the degree of what uh, Drew Pearson and how he feels, I don't think that I I don't I didn't have that type of feeling because I feel that he, that's he played the game to make it to the Hall of Fame and well, for me I that's mean, where yeah, I feel like good for him you know I'm like that's good for him I played the game to make it to the Hall of Fame and I don't think I'm gonna make it ever. and look what, hey look what happened to you and look what happened to me right and you turned out to be not so bad of a guy I mean look we're friends and you know and I don't I don't have a lot of friends you know what I mean? hey guess what hey I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a, a broke a down Santa and I didn't hey, make a it hat. At all. <laughs> hat. hey somebody still cut they still call me Jake Reed <laughs> oh wow man, that's just not Andre Reed. hold up man 
Jake Reed is as dark as this bus. Come on. Yes, he is. <laughs> Big Willie Jake. That's come my on, dog. man. Big Jake. Hey, come on, man. Uh, they went for hey, they went from Albie Shore to Teddy Pendergrass. Stop playing. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> hey, speaking yeah. speaking of uh, music and entertainment, right? So we know it's like you live out here in Southern California from San Diego. Yeah. Come down to LA sometimes we get to hang out. But so you have been to LA doing a little Hollywood thing lately. I've been hearing some of your names in the uh, the acting world. What's a yeah. little explanation about that? How'd that come about and what are you doing now with it? <clears throat> Um, yeah, I, I met a guy named Peter Lenkoff, who's a uh, producer. He's mm-hmm. he's uh, he's produced a lot of movies, been in a lot of movies, been involved in a lot of different projects. And he recently, I guess about probably five, six years ago, brought back uh, the old Magnum P.I., yeah. um, Hawaii Five-O and MacGyver. And I had met him through some other people and seen him here. And he asked me, uh, he says, have you acted before? I said, yeah, I acted every Sunday. Yeah, um, <laughs> act the fool. And uh, he said to me, and he goes, nah, I'm serious. Have you ever been on camera and played a part in this? I said, nah, but I would love to do that. And he goes, I would love to put you in one of my shows. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, cool. I said, uh, he goes, I said, uh, as what? Am I going to play myself or what am I going to do? Da, 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 da. He goes, oh, we'll find a spot for you. You go play out for sure. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I, play, I, play I play Jake Reed, bro. And uh, so... This was about six months later. He gives me a phone call. He goes, hey, man, I got a great part for you on my show uh, on Hawaii Five-0. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I said, okay, cool. He goes, I go, send me the script. He goes, I'm going to send you a script. I want you to read it. Film yourself saying, you know, the script and your part. Send it to me so I can send it to people, do all this, da 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 So here I was playing a car, a car salesman mm-hmm. at a Kia car dealership. Okay. Oh, I see that. Okay. So, so I had to bring, so my buddy, a friend of mine, I played golf with here actually is a car salesman Yep. at a dealership here in San Diego. That's how you so, do the homework, Dre. That's how you do the homework. I did my homework. Exactly. I did my homework. So, um, it was like, all right, so did all that stuff, whatever. Flew to Hawaii, was out there for about five days, did all that stuff, knocked it out, had a little, had a little, uh, viewing party. And all that. I was only on there for about ten minutes, five minutes. You had a, you had a viewing party for for ten five minutes. minutes. Right. Ten minutes. Hey, hey, I, I was yeah. So I played like, a, played the part of a, a sleazy kind of like dirty car car salesman that somebody got killed because there was some money to be made, and I had something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, so that turned into another stint on Magnum PI. Nice. And then that turned into another little stint on on uh, MacGyver, where I yeah. played myself. Okay. And I played the car salesman again from the other show, but I played okay. myself. And I supposedly, the whole thing about it was, I got arrested because I was trying to impersonate me. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Hey, T, man. T, it was, it was cool, man. It was a lot of fun to do. I played two parts. No, no, I, I get it. I Trust me. It was you, fun. you said, like, you like 10 minutes? Hatch has been in the, uh, the, 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 the movie. Go ahead. Go, and I, go, 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 hey, go. And I guarantee you, you can't find 10 minutes of clips of all <laughs> the years that he's been in there. So you're definitely that's, way ahead that's, of Hatch. That's right very now. funny, T. Seems how I'm the only one on who has award films, award-winning films on here. But that I mean, I've been, I, 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 I've been on the big screen. 
I I've been on the best hey, So oh, have I. I just don't talk about it. So you we know, need a collabo hatch. Look, we got a collabo, man. Hey, hey, hey. collabo. Let's bring I've back the R&B group. You'd be perfect for it. Hey, oh, I've been funny. on the big screen as well. I just don't really say anything. I've been on some indies. I've been on some. I've ah, been on the screen with some some major some major stars like are, Michael are, Michael Ely. Just because they're uh, indies don't mean they're a small screen. So remember that they're they're still big screen. There's a big time independent films are big screen. Don't get it twisted. I, I know that. I just wanted you to say that. Thank you for thank you for clarifying. I, hey, guess I just what? wanted to, I just want everybody to know that I've been on the big I screen. I got you. I appreciate hey. the hat. Hey, you know what I tell people? You ran stuff. right into that. And hey, you know you what I tell like people? It. I said, hey, I got my SAG card. <laughs> <laughs> hey, right. hey, that SAG card is a big moment. That SAG hey, card I'm is a big hey, moment. I'm, like, collecting little bitty hey, I'm collecting little bitty checks every other week here. So, you know, you I got You get a check card. for about $273. There you go. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> hey, you can, You know what? I can play. Uh, I'll play. I'll be sure you can play the dude from Ready for the World. There you, hey, I'm all in, baby. I'm all in. <laughs> Hey, yeah, I, I had a little short, little short, uh, little, little, little scene in uh, about last night, you know what I mean? And then oh, the I, little, got, I saw that, yeah, and then the yeah, little independent Dre Lion, Dre Lion, he did not see, <laughs> hey, 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 and then the, the independent. The independent film that I really I had an extensive role in uh, that was Dysfunctional Friends. Because you dysfunctional. Thank you oh, very much. Yeah. 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 That's no you Andre Reed here on Get Your Popcorn Ready Podcast. Before hey, we go, Dre, give us your top five wide receivers of all time. Just in your personal Ooh. opinion. They don't have to be uh, one five. Just give us your five. You can be in there or not be in there. Right, top exactly. Five of all time. Yeah. Wow. Oh, and trust I'm, me, you man, that's that's the quick, that's you, a good one. Hey, yeah, just why, because why he you is on here, you don't got to put him in the top five, bro. Don't here you go. Exactly. I'm going to go. And I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go. Jerry one. I'm gonna okay. go. T. I'm gonna go. T. O. and Moss one A and one B. Okay. Okay. Uh, I got. Uh, dude, I got. I got Steve Largent in there. Okay. Respect. Ooh, wow. Um, Respect. I got Ooh. Steve Largent in that top five, man. Um, okay. Steve Largent, bro. Quick story. My rookie year, second year in the league, third year, we played in the Kingdom, and they have imploded that since. Yeah. I came out early and was watching Steve Largent like this. Mm-hmm. Writing it you down. Know, you, know, you know who Steve Largent reminds Steve me of Largent, at, the, at the NFL level? This guy reminds me, this guy that I'm about to name, this is what he was doing at the collegiate level. He didn't make it, he didn't make it in the NFL, but he was, he's a white guy, played for Florida, Chris Doring. Oh, like Doopy. Hey, like sleep that, he was, that is, that's disrespectful to Steve Largent, but I know what you're saying. For oh, hold up. In comparison, at different levels, that's like, where yeah. at the height of, because they're both white guys. They really did their thing. And like I said, Dude. they were competing at, at, at high levels against some stiff competition. You know who's like Lark that played, right now? Adam huh? Thielen. Adam Thielen. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I would end, I don't know about that. Again, it's, it's close though. Disrespectful to it's, Steve Largent. It is close. I get it, but no, no, no. I'm no, no, no. I'm just, I'm just saying in comparison of what yeah. Andre saying at the NFL level. Still that's said. what Chris Dorn was doing at the collegiate level. He was killing fools, Chris Dorn. Right, that's what I'm saying. He, he, and other 18-year-olds, of course he was killing them. But, <laughs> but Steve Largent was you doing know, his, versus pro bowlers and Hall of Famers. That's the difference. That's why I, I will 
I get Chris Norman. Warner, no, I get what you're saying. Furrier drawing it up, but yes, I know it. I get the the playmaking ability. White guy, kill, I, I get it. Right, exactly. But, but you got to think about the SEC. SEC is a powerhouse. Like that, there's a number of guys that played. Just think about the receivers that played in the SEC at that level. And these are these are black athletes. And then you think about him being a white guy doing what he did. His record just got broken probably like a few weeks ago by Devontae, uh, Devontae Smith of Alabama. He had the record held for like 20-something years for touchdowns in that four-year span. I'm like, I think it was like 30, 32, Who, who was throwing to him? Was Tebow throwing to him? Or yeah, was that Danny Warfel. Danny Warfel. I think it may have been, yeah. That's yeah. your boy, man. Danny Warfel is your boy. They, they were good for college. Yeah, I, you know. Yeah, Danny like Warfel, said, you know what? Hey, guess the what? Same, not, it's Danny, same, when people Danny try to Warfel, you know, you know who he throws like? Let me see if you guys know your history. Danny Warfel threw, throws like who right now in the league? Philip Rivers. Uh, Philip Rivers. There you go. Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers. I didn't think y'all knew that. I didn't think y'all knew. I didn't think y'all knew that. Hey, Philip Rivers, first ballot Hall of Famer. But it's, it's. I just. I take those those things like tight to my vest because like I get the same comparison. They'll call me about a sophomore or a junior, and they'll say this guy's the next T.O. or this guy's the next Moss. I'm like, dude, he ain't even in the NFL yet. yet. Right, Miss right. me with that. But you, you know, know what? what? So I and get it. To continue to go down that list of five, I'm, right. I mean, I can't, you know, disrespect, you know, Calvin Johnson and Tim Brown and Chris Carter and, you know, I'm, I'm putting Lynn Swan, all these guys in there. I mean, so, so, I'm so even in there. Jerry, so you said Jerry, uh, myself and Randy, 1A, whatever. And then you yeah. go Steve Largent. I so go Steve Largent, and I'll probably go because, um, I, I, you know what? I mean, Give it you got to gotta talk about a receiver overall. I mean, we could talk about Cliff Branch and all those guys like that. Man, this is, this is your, hey, it's not that it's not that complicated. It's your five, bro. Okay. We're then not don't dissecting. Don't, I'm, I'm gonna put it yeah, like this. Is. I'm gonna put it like this, Dre. Okay, yeah. this is the name. Jerry, T.O. Moss, Steve Largent, Calvin Johnson, Tim Brown, Lynn Swan, Chris Carter, Cliff Branch, right? Now you gotta take one player off and insert yourself. Who's it gonna be? Jerry, T.O., Moss, Steve Largent, Calvin Johnson, Tim Brown, Lynn Swan, Chris Carter, Cliff Branch. You got to take one off and put yourself on there. Who's right? But I mean, I, we want to oh. we want to solidify we want to solidify his top five first. Because he, he's got Jerry, T.O., Moss, Steve Largent, and then he said his fifth are all of those guys. He said they could be anyone. No, he, that yeah. can't happen. That, can't that's I'm, I'm going to make him insert himself. Right. So, yeah. So you got to be five minutes. That's okay. You, unless you're going to solidify right here. That, 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 was, that was a good one right there. I'm five. Hell yeah. On your get your popcorn ready podcast. Get your popcorn ready. Get your popcorn ready. <laughs> yeah, that, that's your top five. Because I, so, hey, I, I did it in the cold weather every single year, the crazy weather. Tell him, Dre. Tell him you did it in minus hey, seven. Exactly, man. No, tell him, Dre. Yeah. Exactly. Y'all don't know. Y'all go check out my man Andre Reed on YouTube. He got highlights for you, taking slants and hitches to the house, catching big posts, having 200-yard games in the snow and minus seven-degree weather with no shoes, no gloves, no draws on. He was just out there butt-naked, killing. (laughs) All of that, trust me, when they were doing the, the, when they were doing the evaluating and the nominating uh, especially when you came up those your, your eight years, 
bro, they should have taken that into consideration because, again, as writers, they don't understand what I said, especially these writers. They, they, somebody, they've never even played the sport. They are observing and they're judging you based on optics, based on their, their understanding of what you're supposed to be doing. Dude, to play in Buffalo, like when I went to Buffalo, I knew, I'm like, okay, I wasn't, I wasn't selfish enough or ego enough. Uh, I wasn't, my ego didn't come into play because I knew I'm like, okay, to play in Buffalo, I knew that my statistics were probably going to take a hit. But in my mind, I'm like, okay, if I just do what I do, the numbers are going to take care of itself. So I never really worried about that. So I say all that to say, bro, you played 15, 16 years in the buff with the Buffalo Bills in Orchard Park, Buffalo, New York. Bro, it's called the when it when it comes wintertime, the game plan changes a lot sometimes based on the weather. And oh, the yeah. fact that you guys were really throwing and you were catching, man, bro, that's hey, something like that is overlooked. Okay, gun. Thank on. you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Appreciate that. Hey, I appreciate you guys, uh, uh, what you guys are doing with this podcast, man. You guys got great guests. And for me to be on here with you guys, you guys are family. You, you guys are fellow receivers, but you're my friends. Um, I appreciate it, man. You guys have me on for sure. No, man, we appreciate you. Uh, you know, obviously, like I said, you're busy just as we are. We appreciate you, uh, you know, giving your, giving your time to us. And so we thank you. We hope the, uh, our listeners on the Get Your Popcorn Ready podcast, I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, we have here fellow Hall of Famer Andre Reed. Um, Man, four Super Bowls he played in, which was remarkable. Uh, consecutively played with a Hall of Famer and Jim uh, Jim Kelly and Hall of Famer, uh, 2014 Hall of Famer, Andre Reid. Appreciate it, Dre. Love you, brother. Take Thank care. you, guys. Appreciate it. See you, baby. Good looking out, man. Always good to see you. Be safe. Stay healthy, man. Be safe. Oh, no great. doubt. Mask Go. up. Mask up. Appreciate Mask it, Mask up, man. All right, Dre. All right, All right, later, guys. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Dre, we call him Dre. You guys know him as Andre Reed, 2014 inductee of the NFL Hall of Fame, wide receiver, 16 years in the NFL. Man, that's a long time. He still looks young, too. Not just because yeah, he's light-skinned, yeah. but he just looks young. <laughs> hey, well, light-skinned, like I said, that has a little bit to do, uh, a lot to do with it. But, yeah, uh, Dre, obviously, I've uh, run into him a number of times. Uh, very charitable guy. Great mm-hmm. guy on top of that. Uh, definitely he's keeping himself in great shape. Yep. Yeah, keep it going, Dre, man. Appreciate you coming on. And I know we got our three and out segment for the Andre Reid episode, and we'd like to talk about three things that we took away from the podcast and we can kind of mm-hmm. chew on, you know, over the next uh, next couple of hours that we found interesting about Andre Reid. So give us one out of the three, T. Um, I think it was uh, when he had his perspective on uh, the four Super Bowls. Um, what was – I think, what does he say um, – he wouldn't trade those four Super Bowls for one ring, one, one ring, winning, one winning Super Bowl, right? Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I thought that was very interesting um, because, again, like I said, I mean, man, to, to go to four consecutive uh, Super Bowls. Um, and I think the idea behind his is his thought process is, like, yo, you can't you can't win two without winning the first one. Right. Um, so I thought that was uh, very interesting that he wouldn't, you know, trade, you know, playing those four, uh, those four Super Bowls um, for one ring. Absolutely. Especially how, you know, he's older and he's went through the process of dealing with it. Because when you're a player, it's way different. You know, that now right. he can give us that real answer. Um, I'm sure mm-hmm. he 
at 25 and 26, he was upset like, you know, any other, any, any other Buffalo Bills fan would be. Um, number two for me is, um, okay, and the, uh, the, the second thing is when he discussed how his offensive coordinator at Cootstown, um, Gino Calcagni, was, you know, had that discussion about how uh, he wanted to change his football future and how he could possibly go, could possibly go to the NFL as wow. a wide receiver if he just did these things, you know, forgot about playing quarterback and kind of started honing his skill as a wide receiver. Man, that's that's awesome because now, I mean, you this Cal Kagnick is sort of like a clairvoyant uh, type yeah. of a guy. I mean, to actually, I guess, foresee, um, yeah. you know, this guy transitioning, going from a quarterback to a receiver. So obviously, this guy obviously, you know, has a pretty cerebral mind to kind of see that this guy could transition to go from one position totally different to another and play at the play at the highest level at the National Football League. So yep. kudos to to Gino and uh kudos to to uh to Andre for being receptive of that. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh the third thing um of our three and now I think again everybody knows the Buffalo Bills story and okay they lost four and oh you wow. must suck because you lost four Super Bowls. But like I say he looks at it differently. His whole perspective is different. And how he spoke on how the team building and those relationships over these last 30 years is way more important than if they would have won one of the Super Bowls or two. And right. then the team got broke up via free agency or like I said, right. everybody gets paid once you win a Super Bowl and everybody leaves. So that perspective of that team and those relationships coming together, that's the reason that they went to four Super Bowls, right? Because the team right. is a good locker room, had leadership, had you right. know, great camaraderie. And of course, that's what teams It motivated. Them. Yeah, it motivated them. They, they had that that extended hunger from the one season going into the next. And, but the thing is, it's like, you don't just go from one Super Bowl, then you play, a, you play in another Super Bowl. You got to think right. about, there's a number of games that the, uh, the season yeah. that has to be played and Absolutely. then you get into the playoffs to get to that Super Bowl. So, man, just think about how agonizing that had to be. Just, just think about after the Super Bowl. Just think about after Super Bowl two when they lose. Then you go to Super Bowl three. You like yeah. okay, third time's a charm. I'm, yeah. I guarantee you that probably came out of so many Buffalo Bills mouths and people's the commentators' news. Not like yo, third time's a charm. Right. Then you go to the third Super Bowl. First of all, you go through the season. Then you go to the playoffs and you get to your third Super Bowl and you lose again. Bro, do you know how agonizing that has to be, Hatch? I, I think it's more mental toughness because if you look from 2000 to 2020, the modern day athlete, right. Super Bowl losers automatically next year have a bad season because they're not mentally tough enough to right. handle failure. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's that team camaraderie that he's talking about, like, right. we had to pull together. Like you say, the media's clowning them, right? right? Three is a charmer. The media was clowning them, I'm sure. Right. And I'm sure, you know, some of the fans probably fell off the wagon. But the, right. that, that locker room, that locker room is tight. Like I said, I think that's the biggest piece of what sports can be about. Exactly. Because you think about that locker room with some of these guys. I mean, Jim Kelly, Daryl Talley, uh, yeah. Bruce Smith. 
I mean, I mean, all these, the Don Beebe Tasker, all these Buffalo Bills greats that I've been fortunate enough to, 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 to be in that, share their locker room, their stadium with. It's yeah. amazing. But now we go from third Super Bowl that they've lost, Hatch. They go into another season. Another one. Not just another season, Hatch. They go into another training camp. Do you... Do you know what the training camps were like back then? Yeah, tour long, long tour days. Brutal. <laughs> so just think about it. I didn't add that into the first two, yeah. three, two, second Super Bowl or third Super Bowl. Right. Now you go to your, now you're approaching the season that possibly you could go to the Super Bowl again. You go through tour days. You go through the season. Now they mm-hmm. make it to the playoffs. Hatch, they get into the playoffs. They win their playoffs. They're back in the Super Bowl again, Hatch. (laughs) They are four times consecutively in the Super Bowl. Let me tell you this. For all these listeners, if you haven't, if you want to be on your, on your, oh, if you want to be on your, biting on your nails, sitting (laughs) on the edge of your seat, go back and watch some of these, some of these documentaries about the Buffalo Bills Super Bowls. Hatch. I had anxiety watching it. Knowing the outcome, I'm watching at the end of the game. You hope they would kick it. (laughs) Exactly. And a couple of these games came down to field goals. Hatch, do you know I'm sitting there watching the games, and then, you know, they'll cut away, and then they'll have interviews from uh, Thurman Thomas, Jim Kelly, you know, some of the, you know, media, what have you, uh, some of the journalists. Hatch, do you know I'm watching these clips and I'm, I'm knowing that they are, they've already lost. I'm right. like, yo. But. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, it's going to go in. I'm like, he's going to kick it, and somehow it's going to go in. And history is going to change itself. They're going to win one Super Bowl. Wide right. Wide Dog, right. Again. <laughs> Hatch. I can't imagine. Like, for me, I can't imagine what that, that's like, bro. I lost one. I told you in the show, I lost one. And there will be. There will be times that I will reflect and I'm like, man, what if these guys have four Super Bowls to reflect on that they never won? So I for 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 Andre Reed, obviously, we thank him for coming on the show. That's very admirable of what he shared with us today and giving us his perspective on, you know, the what if. Absolutely. Andre Reed, we appreciate you, brother. There it is. Andre Reed on Get Your Popcorn Ready podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on the Himalaya app wherever you get your podcasts. No doubt. And please, listeners, please share your comments, like, subscribe, share. We Social love media all hit the on IG, Twitter. Let us know what you're thinking. Yes, sir. We love all the feedback. And again, obviously, to see the video version of this, please tune in to the, my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Tara Lawrence. Uh, again, comment, subscribe, share, like. Let us know what you think. Merry Christmas from the Temptation. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, 
You're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.